We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Kind of sad when you lose the simulcast and you're down to just one radio station. It just feels different, doesn't it, Ira? And you told me it is half the pay now? That half is correct. All right, all right. <laughs> you, you learn, you deal, you move on. Listen, you got to do what you got to do. Me you and Ira Winderman. You sell enough chicken squares, you'll be fine. Till 6 o'clock tonight, Dolphins pregame show on the other radio station. So we are back to 790 exclusively for the next couple of hours. We have loaned Alejandro Solana out and Dan Day We'll uh, produce this extravaganza for the next couple of hours. And this hour is brought to you by Toyota of Hollywood. Shop over 1,500 Toyotas indoors in one of America's largest showrooms at Toyota of Hollywood on 441 between Hollywood and Sheridan. Somebody texted in. We were talking about it in the last segment, Carmelo and Dwight Howard, maybe the Lakers. Uh, Somebody texted in. I don't feel sorry for Carmelo. He had a starting role opportunity playing for the Heat, and he chose to chase a championship with the Rockets. That was a uh, a bad career move. He could have come to Miami, right? They did I, I, want him? No, I, I, I disagree. I no? don't think so. I think last season was all about setting up Josh Richardson. It was sort of the season of Josh. If you remember, Josh Richardson was the Heat's go-to guy at the start of last season. You didn't think season. that they wanted to bring him in, though? Not as the go-to guy, though, but I thought that they had an interest I, in him. Yeah, you think that was no, all I, th- I think that was the same struggle that everyone's going through now. Could he accept that type of role? So I think that was a little more limited than people leaving, leading on. And again, keep in mind, everyone talks about Carmelo Anthony, you know, his friends wanted to play with him. Well, he didn't wind up with Dwayne down here. And LeBron, I'm sure, has enough power that oh. if he went in and demanded <laughs> to the Buzz family, power, of course. if he went in and said, I want Carmelo here, in a heartbeat, he'd be well, there. Well, that's why I asked you in the last segment, is he not liked? Because there's been opportunities where his friends could bring him in, and they haven't done because so. Because his friends know that, I don't necessarily say ego, but they know that he would have an expectation, which might not be realistic with the situation. Is uh, is Dwight Howard, I'm getting back into football here in a second, but as long as Ira's here, I can ask him uh, a couple of basketball questions. Is is Dwight Howard one of the biggest busts of NBA history? Because and and I say this not because he flamed out after two seasons or whatever. Like he's been there, he's had longevity. That guy is built for basketball, right? Yes. I mean, he is. If you went to Central Casting to chisel a basketball, and player, that's why he's always worn uniforms. Two sizes too small to let you know he had no problem letting you know that yes. he was Superman and Superman like. And in Orlando, the expectations became greater and greater because he looked that good. He looked like the next I great think thing. He met the expectations Did in he? Orlando. They got well, to in the Orlando. NBA, they got to the NBA Finals. Remember that awkward day with Stan Van Gundy? Yes. You know, where basically, like they said that you know they're going to get rid of him, didn't want to be there. I think that's a case where players in the NBA sometimes realize they don't have it 
good, as good as they, you know, they maybe think, and then they try to go somewhere else and they blow it. Yes, Shaq left Orlando, went to L.A., and it was perfect for him. Dwight Howard never should have left Orlando. Dwight Howard and Stan Van Gundy was the perfect coach for him. That would have been the perfect situation. They surrounded him with all those shooters, including Rashard Lewis. He had it right, but he wanted more. He didn't want to be in that city. He wanted limelight. He wanted the big city that Tim Duncan and Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili never insisted on when they just won all those championships. The NBA is replete with stories of guys who get out of good situations because they want to live and play in different places and sometimes wind up getting burned by that. He's a classic example, and he was not a beloved teammate. No, and and that's why I said last segment, like, everywhere he goes, they want to get rid of him as soon as possible. I remember guys who flew back with him from the the Olympics. I think it was Japan that year. might have been China, and they flew back with him, and they just said, like, he was friend of no one. No one wanted to be on that plane with him. He just was aloof and in his own world. Yes, he's saying he's going to change, but you know what? After L.A., after Houston, after Atlanta, after uh, Washington, and now in Memphis, I think it's enough is enough. All right, uh, Ira Winderman is here for Channing Crowder for the next couple of hours. we got a lot of Canes and Gators to talk about, a lot of Dolphins to talk about. Let's get some headlines with our friend Dan Day right now. This is WAXYAM South Miami and WSFSFM HD2 Miramar, a Radio.com sports station. Although reticent to say who will start at quarterback on week I've, one. I've got to say already that glorious voice and using reticent, reticent right there. in the first couple of words, you have already outdone anything Solana has ever done on well, this Solana show. Well, Solana once tried reticent, but he said he didn't like the taste. It was too sour. And, yeah. and and I'm not reticent to even say what I just said. So go ahead, Dende. I'm glad someone noticed. I threw reticent in there with the excitement of the strong. English language. It was strong. I, I liked it. I'm going to read it one more time. Although reticent to mm. say who will start at quarterback on on week one, Coach Brian Flores leads the Dolphins into their third preseason game tonight against the Jaguars. Kickoff is at 8, and you can listen to it on our sister station, 560 The WQAM. All right, what else you got, Dan Day? Marlins ace Caleb Smith went 2-for-2 two two at the plate last night, but also gave up two home runs and a 5 nothing loss to the Braves. The Fish have dropped five in a row, and Atlanta goes for the sweep tonight at 720. It's like listening to a book on tape. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. What else you got? ESPN has named their all-time ACC football team. The lone cane making the first team is tight end Greg Olson, but remember Miami did not join the conference until 2004. Oh, okay, because I, I was going to say, wait a second, but yeah, you're right. So, But that's it? Greg Olson, that's it for the all-ACC team? Everybody hates Miami outside of Miami. There's that Miami hate. How well, about think, that? Or maybe the whole coastal thing that actually win your division every now and then. <laughs> what else, Dan Day? I don't know about you guys, but I hate elevators. And here's another reason why. A man in New York City was recently killed when an elevator dropped, crushing and killing him between the shaft and the wall. Just another reason. Just another reason why those things are death traps and I stay off of them. Well, I'd like to hear both sides of the story. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure the elevator had a good reason for killing him. I'm not scared of elevators. I have no problems. Is there weather or because we're on 790 only, there's no weather? (laughs) Look at your phone. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, see, we just, have to just we have, as accurate. Well, we have cutbacks. You know, when we go down to just one station and the simulcast is over, we have but to the, cut back on what weather. What people don't realize is Hawk just put his phone right to his microphone, so you actually could see the weather. <laughs> yes, I want you to look at the phone right now. All right, there you go. Nice job, Dan Day. Uh, let me get to the college football update. We do this every day around this time. This college football report is brought to you by FIU Panthers football. Panther Pride is here. Get your season tickets now at three oh five FIU game or visit.
visit ticket.fiusports.com. So for the college football update this week, I've just been doing Canes and Gators stuff. And uh, I don't know, I guess, enough of the history because I came down to University of Miami in 1987. I didn't really watch University of Miami football when I was growing up. I watched Big Ten football. I was a guy who grew up in Chicago. Um, Obviously, since I've been here and since I went there, you know, you learn about the early 80s teams, which is more of my wheelhouse. I never really knew until today, and and this is shocking to admit, I'd read a story. It was David J. Neal in the Miami Herald wrote some uh, recaps of some of the more memorable Miami and Florida matchups. I never knew about the 1971 Gator flop. Are you aware of that game? Like he included in the in the story, like links to the highlights. I've heard of Gator flop before, mm-hmm. but I never really knew what it was. Did you know? I, I'm vaguely familiar, but fill fill the people in out there. So then uh, this is what David J. Neal wrote: Jim Plunkett and Archie Manning were in the NFL. They were in their rookie seasons. So the Florida quarterback was John Reeves. And he was the best passer left in college football. And Reeves had Plunkett's NCAA career passing yards record in sight. So he can become the all-time NCAA career passing leader. The Gators are up 45-8 to over the Miami Hurricanes. And Reeves is trying to set the record for, for completions, right? Number of, com- I'm sorry, passing yards. Passing yards, right. And he throws an interception, and it gets returned to the Florida 24-yard line. So he needs the ball back to set the record. He will have the NCAA record, but he needs the ball back. But they don't have enough time to get the ball back. And the Gators' defense on second and seven from the Florida 8-yard line, the entire Gators' defense dropped to their faces. Faces and hands planted on the field. And the UM quarterback just ran into the end zone. And it was because they wanted to get the ball back, which they did. And he hit uh, a receiver for the record and got the record. And then all the Florida Gators jumped into the Orange Bowl dolphin pool to celebrate, which was... Killing Flipper. Which was was (laughs) really (laughs) galling to the Hurricanes head coach, which was Fran Kersey at the time. But I'd never seen the video. Like, there's video. If you look at uh, MiamiHerald.com and search up uh, David J. Neal and uh, and this Miami Hurricanes Florida Gators story, like, you'll see video of it. It was... I've heard of the Gators flop. I had never seen it. And you know what today's Canes would have done? They would have tried to onside kick after that play to keep the ball, just not to give him the ball. Yeah, I think they would have realized after that touchdown, yeah. oh, that's why they did yes. that. And you're right. They would have tried to keep the ball. Onside kick and do everything they could. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that is your college football report brought to you by FIU Panthers football. Panther pride is here. Get your season tickets now, 305-FIU game, or visit ticket.fiusports.com. So got a biggie coming up on Saturday, Miami does, and Florida. Does week zero bother you? It's like Calling like, it week zero? It just sounds like it's an exhibition game, doesn't it? Calling it week zero is a little odd. You know, sometimes they'll do uh, Monday night football, and it's the Saturday night edition. Yes. But they call it Monday night football because it's that broadcast crew right. and it's that graphics package. But week zero? But like Saturday Night Live, sometimes they do Saturday Night Live on a Wednesday, and it's a Wednesday special of Saturday yeah, Night but Live. but to me, this is like the NCAA playing game. Remember the few years they couldn't determine whether that was the first round, those games when they'd have in Dayton of the extra right. teams in there, and all of a sudden the tournament would start and we were in the second round. 
But I don't know, week zero is just kind of odd. Week zero. Well, it's week zero on Saturday night. Canes and Gators. Cannot wait. I am so excited. I am so excited. You're, are you excited and nervous or just excited? No, honestly? I don't think Canes fans have much to lose here. I totally agree with that. I mean, this is like the LSU game, but reverse last season. Like, the, the Canes are unranked. Florida is a top-10 team. They've got to come out and do what's expected of a top-10 team. Right. If the Hurricanes, see, to me, the Hurricanes, because their schedule is pretty easy, too. If they lose game one, they can still win the Coastal. They can still go to your ACC championship game, and it doesn't have to be a lost season. If the Canes win game one, you're talking about the potential for unbelievable excitement this season because they'll have gotten the real hard game out of the way early and they can roll for a few victories and uh, and start to really create some excitement. And then the Manny Diaz narrative starts to play out. Oh, and especially with the early start and the extra week and everything that can build up to it, the Gators are going to go into that SEC East gauntlet and the SEC schedule. So it means a heck of a lot more to them, I agree. All right, we're... Uh... Yes, Dan. I do have a question. When the Canes win, am I invited to the key hot tub party that you're having afterwards? My uh, my house is going to be uh, headquarters central. I'm having a watch party at my house. I was mentioning this to Crowder yesterday, and uh, and that hot tub in my backyard is going to go off if the Canes win. You've heard of these Boca Raton key parties before? I have not. Well, you know, Boca Raton can get pretty wild, so you bring your car key, right, right. and you put them all in a bag. Thank you for the sound effect, Dan. And uh, and then you you pull out a key, and whoever's key you choose is is the woman that you will you know, go into the hot tub with that evening. You know, it's a key party. Come I, on, Ira, you I, were around in the swing in seventies. I've heard of these uh, happening just, in Boca just the Raton. Fact, just the fact that we now know you have a birthday speedo, which we heard at the top <laughs> of the show. You're going to be in a hot tub. To use Mr. Day's lexicon, I might be a little bit reticent to get involved. Totally understand. Well, Dan Day's got his keychain ready, and I hope I don't choose that. One. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break here. Uh, In about 30 minutes, John Clayton from ESPN Radio in Seattle and the Washington Post, he's going to join us, talk some NFL. Uh, Dallas Cowboys have made an offer to Ezekiel Elliott today, if you missed that earlier. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back here on Hockman and Crowder on 790 The Ticket. I like it. Love myself a throwback Thursday. Somebody texts in, would you rather beat the Gators? Speaking to a hurricane, obviously. Would you rather beat the Gators and lose to Clemson in the ACC championship or lose to the Gators and beat Clemson? Well, obviously, you'd like to win the ACC championship. I don't think that, but I think if you gave me a choice of what's more plausible this season... It's beating the Gators. I don't think there's uh, much of a chance that this team's going to beat Clemson. I'm not as convinced. I don't even know where you stand on it because, you know, we listened to Rob Pizzola give his reasoning as to why he's going to bet Miami plus 7.5 on Saturday night. Um, I my, my personal opinion on the Canes game is you kind of know what Felipe Franks is. He's not a Heisman Trophy hopeful in my mind. Like, he's a, he's a quarterback. You don't know what Jaron Williams is. He could be better. Yeah, I th- doubtful game one. Right. I I got it. Like you know, I, I I like the guy with more experience. It's you know, uh, you know, it's why I would have gone with Malik Rozier last season over Nikosi Perry uh, to start. I like experience, but I I just think the uh, the preseason rankings 
are always, you know, aside from the Clemsons and the Alabamas, you know, you start to get down to 8, 9, 10 and where the Florida Gators are. At eight, They're like, based on a previous roster and a previous right. season and the fact that Michigan didn't play any of their NFL-bound guys in the bowl game against Florida. To me, the first thing you mentioned matters most, and that's Felipe Franks. And did he really become a good to very good quarterback over those last four, three, four games last season? Or is he the same sort of stumble bum who could be very good and very awful, almost in a Ryan Fitzpatrick kind of way? Right. Where he's going to heave the ball, and maybe against Tennessee, someone accidentally catches it in the end zone, or else you wind up in a situation where he's throwing the ball all over the place to the wrong place. They have the better skill position players, I believe. They're off. Both teams. You're talking about Florida. Florida. Yeah. Both teams' offensive lines are so questionable, I think that's what it comes down to. Because both teams' defensive lines are so good. Right. I think the overall defense and the pedigree that Florida has, though, I think their defense is superior also. The Manny Diaz motivation is real, and I'll tell you why. Because I think the Dan Mullen motivation was real last year. There's the thought of rallying under the guy who truly believes in you and having a coach maybe for the first time in years who believes in you. My question is this. What's the atmosphere going to be like in Orlando? From what I'm hearing, there's a lot of Canes fans that it's going to be heavily, well, I shouldn't say heavily, but more Canes fans than you would have thought. You'd have thought it would have been, what, 70-30 Florida That's fans? That's what I was thinking, yeah. And, and from what I'm seeing on social media, now again, I know it's a little bit clouded because I'm going to follow more Hurricanes right. than I am Gators. And they but tend to be louder also. I, I, I have a feeling that there's going to be a really good showing from Miami Hurricanes fans up in Orlando on Saturday. Uh, to your point of the offensive lines both being suspect, if that's the case, then obviously you you side with the veteran quarterback because a young quarterback on a national stage yeah, but who, the, who, but who, who's it, never done it before, if he's under pressure. A quarterback might be more conservative and take the sack that's possible where Felipe too. Franks might throw one of those up-in-the-air 50-50 balls that in a game where turnovers can mean so much can be game-changers. I am surprised that the line is as close as it is. Because it really? Seven I and a half? I think if you were to do the kids' exercise we used to do of let's go position by position, line up all 20, two players, even going to your specialist because the Gators punter is unbelievable going through all of that. I think you would find the Gators have the advantage of, of the 22 starting positions, probably as high as 15 or so. I would agree. Although there is that wild card and I think it plays into the line a little bit of the Manny Diaz factor. TNM, oh, the more new than, Miami. More I mean, than a little. The offseason was won by Miami. If you want to go into that game, not trepidatious, but confidence. And that's the one thing Manny brings more than anything is that confidence that this guy will have you taken care of. We'll get it done right, especially when their offense and everything was so screwed up last year under the Ricks and what they did. The one thing you know is, you talked about this at the start of the show, you want to be entertained also. There was nothing entertaining about the UM offense under Mark Richt. I think if nothing else, you've got to figure that he's not going to that 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 Diaz and Manny Diaz is not going to hold his trick plays for later in the ACC season. I think he's going to throw it all out. Right, there. this is a coming out right. party. I mean, he can he can make his mark game yes. one on a national stage, and all the bravado from the off season can be backed up. I in think one Dan game. Mullen in his back pocket might have X plays that he wants to save for Tennessee, for Georgia, maybe even for South Carolina, for down the road. I think UM is 
all in and totally invested in this because of what they realize it could do. Absolutely. Somebody texts in the Manny Diaz factor. LOL. He's not playing the game. No, I get you. No, football. But there's something yeah. about that. There's in something fo- about in football more than any other. There sport. is something about reinvigorating a team like there. Like think of, there was no Al Golden factor, right? Right. There was no. Larry Coker factor, although the team he took over There was, was... no Jim McElwain factor. There are certain right. guys that are just black kind of guys that don't give you that little thing. Look, if you're going to say you're swagger you, if that's who you're, what your identity is and you're getting back to that, then yeah, that matters. That's not, that's not a minor intangible. That's something very sufficient. Yeah, I think, uh, I think that does play into it. I mean, we'll see Saturday night, obviously, but I'm not, I'm not nervous. You had asked me earlier, like, yeah, I'm not. I, I feel strangely confident as a Canes fan. Now, and that's because of the Diaz factor. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Manny Diaz has something to do with that. And I also like the unknown of Jaron Williams. That that actually gives me confidence. Like, it it doesn't make me trepidatious because I know who Nikosi Perry is. Now, granted, Danny Enos should be able to make any of the quarterbacks better, right? We know that. He he should be better with the quarterbacks than John Richt or or whoever was uh, uh, in charge of the quarterbacks. Um, but the unknown factor for me is something that plays into the excitement. Manny Diaz got me excited during the uh, the off season, and now you've got a quarterback coming in. I watched Nikosi Perry; like he's fine. I don't think I'd feel as confident about Saturday night if I knew it was Nikosi Perry behind center than Jaron Williams. And again, I don't know anything about Jaron Williams. You know but, what I mean? And the other thing they did is they made the decision early enough that you didn't keep you. I think you, ba- you and a lot of people based a lot of the hope on the Tate Martell factor. We All thought that spring, was going to be the guy. We've got this quarterback through the transfer portal, and we beat back Anybody the NCAA. Anybody Ohio State is going to be better. And we've got our guy. And if they would have let that linger until the middle of this week, and then said on Monday who our starter was, he'd be like. What do you mean? The savior from Ohio State's not the savior? I think by doing it a solid two weeks out, it let everyone sort of decompress off of that and accept this different reality. Yeah, so Saturday night, we'll find out. I think the line is still 7.5. I'm going to take a look right now. So you think it's going to be a uh, a Gator blowout? I think it's going to be a tight start because it's so early in the in the, in the the season to get going, and I think eventually the Gators will wear them down. Yes. Yeah, it's right now 7.5. Miami is getting 7.5 points. The over-under on the game Saturday night is 47, and I would probably lean towards the under more, I would agree also, yeah. more than the over on that one. First-time quarterback, one place uh, yeah, un- like, un- un- unsteady at times quarterback yeah. the other way. You know what I think? Break out the Speedo and Keys. <laughs> Dan Day. Dan Day's coming to the Hockman house in his Speedo. And somebody, my friend Dr. Chuck Metzger, texted me because he's coming Saturday night. And, uh, in his he, Speedo also? Well, he had no idea that there was a key party. He said, uh, what's going on? Key party was going to bring my mother-in-law and three of Patricia's aunts. Bring them. Uh, should I just drop them off? <laughs> yeah. Bring them. All right. Dan Day wants to see them, Dr. Chuck. Dan Day wants to see them. I don't know. I've been I've been hesitating because, you know, Channing's been saying, I'll book all bets. I'll give you the seven points. I'll give you the seven and a half points. And I, I really I'm hesitating to put my money where my mouth is, though. I mean, when's the last time you've seen a line that close for a number eight rank? Now, it's preseason rankings, but a number eight ranked against an unranked team to be that close line wise. No, I mean, obviously, it's looked at because it's a rivalry game. It's a rivalry game and it's a neutral site. And uh, and I think Manny Diaz, you know, whether it means a point or a half a point on the line, but uh, yeah, it's 
it's probably based off, and I know uh, Kane's haters love this, but it's probably based off history. And, and is it and, a neutral site game and it's three hours from one place, an hour and a half from the other? I mean, you know, like I said, Shouldn't I... Shouldn't this I'm, game be played in Yeehaw Junction? <laughs> to be more neutral? And, and everyone gets coupons. Put discount it up in, coupons. Uh, put it at Dodgertown in Vero okay. Beach. I don't know. We'll uh, we'll see Saturday night, but we uh, we really had this week just unbelievable... Not this week, but last few weeks, some unbelievable guests talking about the game. And I have clips i'd like to get to him today if i can michael irvin was on with us brock berlin told amazing stories gino toretta manny diaz jared payton mark richt and when on and on twan russell like it was it was a lot of miami hurricanes love and a lot of miami hurricanes smack talk and i'm going to try to get to it at some point in like the next hour and a half if we can because i yeah I like as, getting as long there. as we can pipe it into Channing also so he can listen to it during the break. And really, someone had suggested via the text machine, uh, having Channing on in the 3 o'clock hour from Hard Rock Stadium, that counts as my official Florida Gators guest for the week because I told him he was allowed to have one <laughs> guest. So he will be my Florida Gators guest for the week. I don't want to have Danny Werfel or anybody else. Who needs those? Yeah, I mean, this is, this is about the hey, Miami Smith, never heard here. of him, yeah. John uh, Clayton is scheduled to join us in the next segment. Now, John Clayton, uh, used to see him on ESPN all the time. Now he uh, hosts a daily show in Seattle for ESPN Radio, and he writes about the NFL for the Washington Post, and we always enjoy having him on and talking a little NFL. He has a, uh, a story out today in the Washington Post that talks about NFL players who could become salary cap casualties before the season and he does have a Miami Dolphin listed on there so we'll talk with him we can ask him about the offer that's been extended to Ezekiel Elliott we can ask him about Ryan Fitzpatrick and Josh Rosen we can ask him about the Antonio Brown saga in Oakland myriad things to talk about in the NFL with John Clayton so he's scheduled to join us next I want to talk about the cheetah before we get to him mark your calendars for Wednesday August August 28th. That is a week from yesterday. You can celebrate with Cheetah Hallandale and their gorgeous queens, princesses, and fairies for a day and night of fairy tales and fun. It's their once upon a time anniversary party. Enjoy a complimentary buffet day and night. I have open bar 8 till 9 p.m., bar tab giveaways, platinum VIP card giveaways, drink specials, and more. That is August 28th at Cheetah Hallandale. Now we know football is back. You can enjoy preseason with football action, girls, and beer. Enjoy all the games with hundreds of beautiful, exotic referee and cheerleader adult entertainers in Cheetah Hallandale's ultra high-tech sports lounge. You can watch the games live and in full sound while you enjoy the coldest beer in town. Complimentary gourmet lunch till 3, happy hour till 6. I always remind you to make Cheetah Hallandale your free lunch hotspot. Why pay for lunch with an unpleasant view? You can enjoy a gourmet lunch menu for free every day, 11.30 till 3, happy hour till 6. And don't forget, you got to become a VIP at the Cheetah. Guys, this is the VIP membership you want to get into. No waiting to get in. Free admission, exclusive VIP parties and special events, much, much more. You can get all the details at cheetahsofl.com. We're going to talk a little NFL with the professor John Clayton next on Hockman and Crowder. Here we go. Good little intro music for John Clayton. This hour, by the way, has been brought to you by Toyota of Hollywood. Shop over 1,500 Toyotas indoors in one of America's largest showrooms at Toyota of Hollywood on 441 between Hollywood and Sheridan. 
Ira Winderman is in for Channing Crowder. Crowder is hosting the Dolphins pregame show on our sister station. John Clayton is on the phone line. He's got his uh, regular radio show on ESPN Radio in Seattle. He also writes for the Washington Post. And we enjoy bringing on John Clayton, the professor, to talk a little football. And you've got a story in the uh, Washington Post today headlined, NFL players who could become salary cap casualties before the season. And so I see it, and anyone can go to WashingtonPost.com. I highly recommend you subscribe and uh, and read all their uh, stuff, not just sports. But uh, I scrolled down immediately to see if you had anyone from the Miami Dolphins, and you did. You had T.J. McDonald, and you wrote, given that uh, Coach Brian Flores has moved Minka Fitzpatrick and Bobby McCain to safety, Dolphins have now more than $28 million in contracts tied up in that position and uh, even though he's hurt, Rashad Jones is one of the better safeties in the league. That could leave T.J. McDonald, who's on a four-year, $24 million deal, as the odd man out. Letting him go would save $5 million. Yeah, the way you write about it, I guess that is a legit possibility, right? You have to think so. I mean, because you do things for a reason, and Brian Flores, for whatever reason, you know, took a $6.75 million slot cornerback, and Bobby moved him to safety, and then, you know, I don't think Fitz is all happy about being safety because I think he'd rather play outside, but, you know, he's good enough to play anywhere. And, uh, you know, Jones, I still think, you know, it could be that uh, if once Jones gets healthy, maybe he could be the casualty. They don't have any cap problems, but when you have $28 million tied up in safeties, isn't that too much? I mean, you have basically two safeties that uh, are going to play limited, and it's like, and you have all that money tied up in them. And then we go to a, a name familiar, obviously, out west, NFC West, with you and the whole situation here with Josh Rosen. And we've basically been told that he will not be your starting opening day quarterback for the Dolphins unless something dramatic happens. Can you sort of take us through the Josh Rosen coaster of what you thought this season would have been for him? And does it surprise you at all the way it's played out to this point? No, it doesn't surprise me because I just kind of wonder that, you know, I think Ryan wants to get off to a good start. And at the moment, I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be uh, the one that can probably get the team off to a better start. He's the experienced quarterback. But it just seems like, uh, you know, the negative comments that Brian's been making, you know, he's not ready to be a starter yet and all that. I mean, he hasn't really fit in. Now, the one thing with Josh is that his personality is such, it's, I don't know, it's not similar to Jay Cutler, but it's, it's one that sometimes, you know, may not jive with what the coaches like and the body language and all those different things. He hasn't won him over yet. But here's the thing that I wonder about. You know, uh, Ted Marchabroda always had the line that if you're a good backup quarterback, you know, you, a team can play you three games and you can win you three. And if you play him six, he'll lose you three. All right, so that's, I think, Ryan Fitzpatrick, even though, again, he's been a starter off and on the last couple of years. I consider him a very good backup. But look what happened when he went, uh, it was down in Tampa. You know, they weren't happy with Jameis Winston. And so next thing you know, they come back and they start uh, Fitzpatrick, and he was Fitz magic for a couple games. Then all of a sudden, that uh, you know, the longer you play the backup, the more people catch up. And he did so poorly in a couple by one or two games that they end up going back to uh, Jameis Winston. And so what I wonder, I mean, can you really think that uh, it's going to be more than six games for Ryan Fitz, Fitzpatrick? You know, giving Rosen the chance to go ahead and remember, I mean. This team isn't all that talented. There's not many Pro Bowl players left in the team anymore. And so what I wonder is that, uh, you know, is this just buying some time for Ryan to get the team off to a decent start? And then once he starts to fade a little bit, then Rosen steps in. 
Yeah, that's what we kind of think. Where it, uh, and, and the schedule kind of plays out perfectly for that because they've got a bye week, week five. So you would imagine Josh Rosen comes in as starter week six. John Clayton, you can read his work in the Washington Post. We saw, I don't know, about a couple hours ago that the uh, Dallas Cowboys have made an offer to Ezekiel Elliott. Do uh, you think that one's going to end friendly and uh, and successfully for Zeke and the Cowboys, or uh, or you think it's headed the other direction? Well, I don't know if Rocky Arsenault, the agent, uh, basically got the offer and says it comes from Jerry Who, because I know that uh, Jerry gave the Ezekiel Who uh, answer on the one, which, of course, didn't go over well with Rocky and all that <laughs> stuff. But, uh, you know, I think you can say it's getting closer because the offer apparently says that he's going to be one of the two top paid running backs in football. So that tells me it's either between $13 million and uh, a little over 14 But you can see that Ezekiel's trying – to get a deal that's going to be worth more than 14.5. So, uh, you know, it's getting closer. I guess that's positive, but right now, no deal, no way. John, we look at the today tonight's game for the Dolphins nationally televised in Fox, week three of the preseason. It had always been that week three was your dress rehearsal. Week four, no one played, played safe, avoided injuries. Yet we've seen teams take unique approaches to the preseason this year. Sean McVay basically playing no one because it's just the preseason. Uh, Hawk and I were talking about, can players necessarily get themselves prepared enough? Do you see a change in how teams are approaching the preseason? Maybe because of the eventual move to the 18-2 and alignment, just two preseason games. But is it still the same way as far as that week three is the week of telling and no one plays in week four? Or are, are we at sort of a different point now looking at the preseason? No, I think we're at a different point looking at the preseason. And again, it's like one of those things where you probably need blindfolds if you're watching the preseason because it's so bad right now. The uh, idea, and it's really, it's, it's ironic how this started because, you know, every owner seems to want the next Sean McVay, okay? And they want that bright, young offensive coach. Well, now what you can see is that the offensive coaches who are head coaches are starting to dictate, hey, you don't need these preseason games. I mean, Sean McVay didn't start use any starters last year. He went to the Super Bowl. This year he used one starter in the second game, and he blew out a peck, and he's probably going to be out for the season. Then you got Doug Peterson, who rarely plays anybody in the preseason, and uh, you know he went to the Super Bowl the year before. And now you've got other coaches that are jumping in. I mean, you've got uh, – right now I know that even Mike Vrabel, who's a defensive coach, is, not, is thinking about not playing the starters the rest of the way. You've got uh, you know, Oakland right now. John Gruden's thinking of not putting out the starters. And I think what it comes down to is that uh, you now have more needs to take it down to three or two preseason games uh, just as tune-ups where you don't have to really do too much. But it's more almost beneficial to have those practices with another team because then everybody's out there. But, no, it's changing dramatically, and they've got to come up with some formula. The one thing that won't happen, they will, the players will not go, the union will not go for 17 or 18 regular season games. Just not happening. John Clayton is with us. You mentioned Oakland there. You think Oakland has any buyer's remorse on Antonio Brown? They should. I mean, because <laughs> look at the headache that he's caused. You know, what I wonder with that, you know, with the helmet and the uh, frozen feet, uh, you know, <laughs> if John Gruden now has to get to his office at like 4.30 every morning, put a helmet on, and then keep hitting himself in the head, hoping that the helmet protects him, saying, what did I do? Third-round pick, and look at the headaches he's getting. I mean, he knows he's got a good player, a great player, as a matter of fact. And the one thing that I know Mike Mayock and uh, John Gruden are on the same page as is that, uh, you know, both being broadcasters would be able to get into the practices of Pittsburgh and watch 
Antonio Brown practice more than any other front office people or any more or any coaches. So they know the work ethic. But what they can't figure out is the headaches. And he's causing so many headaches. There's got to be some regret. John Clayton, I uh, I have to get to something very important. I know Ira wants to talk NFL, but I have to get to the important stuff with John Clayton. I totally because understand. Obviously, we, I think we agreed last week or the week before, John, that it's the wood that makes it good when it comes to Kenny Rogers roasters. Um, this week, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the Dolphins released on social media today a video, and it was like a question-answer thing with Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, what's your favorite movie? Was it, you know, it was all one-word answers. And uh, and one of the questions he was at, do you have that sound, Dan? This is, it's it might be hard to hear. I'll tell you what he says, but here's Ryan Fitzpatrick on the, the Dolphins' Twitter account. If you could eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Chicken squares. He's asked, if you could eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? And he answers, chicken squares. Now, do you know no, what that is? is? Is that it? I mean, is he, because here's a Harvard guy, and what is he trying to, uh, you know, take the nuggets from Chick-fil-A and call them uh, chicken squares? Oh, you think that's uh, what he might be I mean, doing? Like, he might be trying to just sound smarter than the room? Like, we call them chicken patties, he'll call them chicken squares? Well, he is smarter than the room. I mean, well, I, I didn't true. go to Harvard. Especially this room. Yeah, especially <laughs> this room. Yeah, that's inarguable. <laughs> I know my room right now, and I mean, and certainly he has more facial hair than I have hair. Period. <laughs> yeah, but, me too. Uh, and Ira, yeah, all of us yeah, combined. Yeah, yeah, but no, I think that. Uh, I mean, if it's going chicken squares, this has got to be a Chick Fil A type of thing because I mean, you know, it's not like you go into a restaurant and say, "Okay, I want chicken squares." It's just a different way well, to say that, it. it's Chick Fil A. That's which, why. That's you know, what, what's. Well, well, that's kind of my question yeah. because, and Ira looked it up earlier because I'm fascinated by this. And there is like a chicken squares. It's almost like a an empanada, like a caniche. It's basically pieces of chicken uh, wrapped with phyllo dough. But, but you've, I mean, you've traveled extensively for your job, John. You've been to, I, I would say, every state in the union and and probably many other countries. Have you ever come across on a menu chicken squares? Never. Absolutely never. I mean, it's like it's such such a different way to phrase it that it's like it's almost like chicken squares. I mean, what is that? Should it's he like, be uh, should he no. be excluded from the starting position because of that? Uh, what depends. I mean, if it's game four, maybe <laughs> maybe game five. Yeah, but it's like uh, well, I mean, let's put it this way. Uh, it, it does show that uh, he's you know eating well because it's not like it's uh, you know hot chicken or something like that. It's not like spicy. He just wants chicken squares, so I think it's a very simple type of thing. But no, he shouldn't be excluded because that's what he likes. It's just I've never seen it pronounced that way. All right, well keep it uh, keep it on your radar for during your travels. If you see chicken squares anywhere, uh, try it. Yeah, it's like I'm, I know I'm heading down to L.A. on Saturday, so I don't know where to even ask on chicken squares. Uh, you know, it's like if, if you do that, it's like what you want what? <laughs> Tell next, me what. Next week's Washington Post exclusive, these NFL players go for chicken squares <laughs> first. Before I let you go, John, uh, real quickly, my Mount Rushmore of Keanu Reeves movies <laughs> is Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Speed, Point Break, and The Devil's Advocate. Uh, many people are outraged that The Matrix or John Wick is not up there. Your thoughts? No, I think, I mean, I have to go Matrix. I mean, that was oh, my really? favorite as far as that. Oh, it was sensational. I mean, you know, the slow mo. I mean, it, it, the, the thing about this, when you go back to uh, The Matrix, I mean, just about every movie now kind of models it. I mean, you have, you know, guys moving slow and then all of a sudden the big jumps and all those different things. I mean, it, it kind of like was the, you know, the beginning of now what you see in most movies. 
Well, what would you take off the Mount Rushmore, though? Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Speed, Point Break, or The Devil's Advocate? Mm, I'd say Point Break. Really? I mean, you can't take off Speed. Speed was just, it was just sensational yeah. because yeah. it was just constant action. And, he, and that's, I guess, the great part about Reeves is he was always in kind of constant action type of things. But I, I'd probably point blank. Wow. All right. Well, uh, we learned a little bit from John Clayton, but three out of the four on the Mount Rushmore. Okay. You uh, you don't put John Wick on there. No, I did not. All right. Very good. Uh, John Clayton. Wait, wait, we can... haven't seen we haven't seen good ones from here lately, have we? From uh, from John Wick from or from Keanu, Keanu Reeves? No, 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 no. Yeah. Um, has he done anything lately? I know he's filming a new Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Well, okay, that's, that's, that's gold good. right there. Yeah, I mean that was fun. I mean, I mean, listen, we we're not. Uh, I mean, maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't enjoy it, but I know John Clayton and Ira Winderman and Mark Hockman do. Hmm. John, I apologize. I don't know. Maybe you know, uh, can you imagine now in Bill uh, in the excellent adventure if uh, all of a sudden Keanu go asked for chicken squares? I was just thinking, what a better way to uh, what better way to enjoy a good movie than with uh, a little uh, plate of chicken squares? See, you can tell who does no the question. radio shows here. Exactly. So you think you think chicken squares are like a multiple uh, item, like a, like you would get chicken squares plural, or you think you would be served one chicken square? <laughs> Well, there would have to be a chicken block if it's going to be a chicken lab because chicken square. I mean, you know, what, what's that got to be? It's got to be a twelve pounder if right. it's going to be because so, you got to get the fair value for right. what it costs. Right. No, good point, John Clayton. That's why you got hired by the Washington Post. <laughs> it's that. It's that insight, John Clayton. Read his work in the Washington Post. I really like today's. It's fascinating if you're an NFL fan. NFL players who could become salary cap casualties before the season. WashingtonPost.com is the website. Thank you, John. Thanks, John. Thank you. Always enjoy talking with him. He is a wealth of knowledge. That's why... I, uh, and he also does poultry talk. Who thought? Who, who would have known? I, exactly. I knew from last week with the Kenny Rogers Roasters. I knew that he loves poultry. All right, we have to take a quick break. We went long there, but it's understandable because we're trying to figure out poultry chicken talk. squares. Yeah. Poultry talk. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back with the Funky Buddha Happy Hour next on Hockman and Crowder. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.